Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast, here with Ryan Pudick, another episode in the series Top 10 Ways to Increase the Value and Enjoyment of Your Farm. Again, primarily recreational farm um, for this series. Uh, this episode, we are talking about forage ponds. So let's see, what if we covered the first four or five weeks? We're talking trails, uh, till converting uh, pasture to tillable, wetlands. Then we talked about lakes. Now we are on to um, forage ponds. So again, quickly the structure for these um, episodes in this series, we go over the basics. Like what is it? why we do it or like it, when and where it's possible, and then and then how it's done. So forage ponds, it's a little more difficult to explain than some of these other stuff, but uh, this episode only applies to lakes or properties that have lakes or are building lakes because a lot of times we'll build forage ponds and the lakes at the same time. But so a forage pond is essentially a tiny pond. Uh, in the last episode, we said we don't build lakes under what two acres. This is an exception. Um, but they're tiny ponds uh, on the perimeter of an existing lake that we use to grow forage fish, minnows. So they're tiny. Uh, I mean, what's the sm smallest we build? Oh, a lot of them. I've, we've got three that are a tenth of an acre. Yeah. And Which they're is only what, 50 foot across or something. I mean, they're. Yeah. They're, and I think they're like 50 by 70 or something like that. Yeah. And, and they're only four. I think the deepest spot is like four foot because you got to be able to get those fish out. Yep. So we're talking very small. They can be big, but they don't necessarily need to be. So usually where we find spots to build them are like kind of like small uh, runoff areas into lakes that are kind of low areas. So they're already pretty small to begin with, but essentially they are small. Think of them as like little silt ponds or little dry dams that hold back a tiny amount of water. Uh, and you want them to be very shallow because what all we're doing there is growing Raising little minnow fish. Basically right? minnows or golden shiners, uh, things of that nature, uh, just f through the growing season. So say from late late April, early May till the end of September, and then after that, they're emptied. Yep. So you pull the, again, it's either agar drain or just a... We use, we, we've, we've got a eight inch pipe in the bottom. And with a riser, and basically we open the valve and flush them out because the current is so strong going down that pipe that it pulls almost all those fish right through the pipe. That goes right into the lake, and we never handle them. Other ones, we have to actually sane them with right. a sane net to get them out. Um, Which is sort of a pain. I mean, if you can do it without that, I would. But I would way, too, but great. you know, yeah. some people like the experience of doing it oh, all. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it's whatever you'd like. But if you can do it without handling them, it's a, it's Makes much it better. easier. Yeah. So the reason we do it uh, instead of because minnows will grow in lakes, but the reason you do it in a forage pond is because there's no uh, there's no predators. Right. So those fish will their survival rate is you know ninety percent through the roof. Yeah. Right. So and they so they breed better. So they're they're what, they're breeding what they re, five like fathead minnows will re reproduce three four times a year. Yeah. In the right conditions. So um, usually we just buy. I don't know. Who do we buy that from? Literally buy a bag of little fry fish. You can't even see them when you get them. Yeah, we get, like those are golden shiners. Yeah. And we get those from 
through our fishery biologist, uh, Greg Grimes. Uh, but I think Anderson Fish Farms is, is one of the vendors for those. And they come, they'll FedEx them to you. And you pick them up at the FedEx store uh, in a cardboard box. And there's 250000 in a little bitty bag. You can't see anything. I remember the first time no. I got one, I'm like, I yeah. think we might have just got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but you dump those fish in there or whatever you got, whatever you get. Yeah. You know, it could be something else. I like the Golden Shiners. But, and they'll reproduce four, five, six times over that season that summer then fall you open the gates and there's millions and millions of fish so they get to reproduce reproduce with no predators so the survival rate is just through the roof so that's why we like it the first one we did um we did one the canadian lake right and that one was a little bigger that was supposed to be a wetland i wanted to but we had two there but yeah 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 but that was the that was when i fell in love with this concept because we took um and you probably remember this better than i do but how big were those tiger muskie when we stocked them? Well, those were uh, twelve inches. I want to say roughly twelve inches. I want to, they're not. I think I think if I remember correctly, they're nine to twelve inches. Okay, and uh, which typically means they're all nine. Yeah, <laughs> but um, those were what was it? Year four, four caught forty six and a forty six and a half or something. Yeah. So one was potentially a state record. Yeah, so I was. Uh, that was when I kind of fell in love with the concept. And artificial food is great, but something about that natural food that just, I think it's good for a lake. So you can put any forage fish you want in there, but the one that I like um, and have had good luck with is the threadfin shad. And the reason I like them is because, so they won't make it through the winter. The water temperatures are too cold. And Greg, you know, through his research has found that all of those will get eaten. You know, they don't die suddenly. They'll kind of like slowly get lethargic and start swimming slowly. So they're kind of easy, you know, an easy meal. And he said every single one of those will get eaten. So, you know, you're dumping literally tons and tons of forage fish into your lake and every one of those will get eaten throughout that fall or winter. So I like those. You can do any kind, but I, I like the threadfin shad. So, that's what it is. Uh, carried on a little bit about those, but I know a lot of people don't don't build these and aren't familiar with them. So I thought I'd explain it a little more. Um, <clears throat> why we do it? You know, in the last episode we said that lakes were the biggest draw d- demand for properties. You know, everyone in in the world, at least here in Illinois, wants forty acres or ten acre forty acres with a ten acre lake. You know, everybody wants that, but they want it. Some people want it for like recreational boating and stuff, but most people, the first thing they ask when there's a lake, what sort of fish is it stocked with? Yeah. And how deep is it? How deep is it? <laughs> yeah. How is the fishing? Is it good? And you know, every farm we sell, people tell us it's the you know best in the county, everyone. Yeah. But in reality, most of them are, are average and you can fix them. So it's fine. I, I tell people not to let that, you know, concern you. But if you already have a, like a healthy fishery, uh, it can be very appealing to people, you know, with some pictures of good fish, you know, not pictures from, you know, 1980, they're black and white, like pictures recent of big fish, like in consistent pictures. Uh, you know, it's not hard to get lucky and catch one big fish, but if you're consistently catching six pounders in a lake, you know, that's appealing to a lot of people. So that's, that's from the value standpoint, the enjoyment, um, from the enjoyment side, it's easy. You know, it's uh, the better, it's not always the case, but in general, like the closer the lake is to what you envision, uh, the more enjoyable it is. So the why is pretty simple. Uh, in terms of like when and where, what would you say there? I mean, any 
you can almost squeeze a forage pond into any. Have we ever found a lake that you couldn't? No, squeeze? I mean you can manipulate a shoreline to where you can pretty much get one in anywhere because they don't have to be so big. They so don't have to be very big. You know, you're only talking. You know, a big forage pond is half an acre. Yeah, I mean that's huge for a forage pond. And again, another a lot of these go hand in hand. A forage pond now is helping you because typically you're doing it in a in a depression that is probably allowing some sediment to come into your lake. Now you've just cut off the sediment because you've you've created this little levee to build this little forage pond. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that go hand in hand by doing these. Yeah, same dual purpose, same Correct. deal. Yeah, essentially that's what it is. It's almost like a little siltation pond. Yeah. Same and a lot of times we can build them um, most lakes, you know, strip mine lakes are a little different animal, but most lakes have an inlet somewhere. And so typically you can always build one. If there's no other spot, you can build one just right at the right tip at the front of the lake. Correct. So, now it's not only catching all your sediment, now you're growing fish in it to feed your game fish that you're trying to grow and catch. Um, and it's a lot easier to, to dig out the sediment out of a forage or brood pond than it is draining a lake and trying to dig the sediment out of a lake. For sure. Especially when, you know, these, the forage ponds are only full, you know, once the fall comes, you're right. empty. They're, they're empty. Yeah. So, uh, dual purpose a little bit there, but we can almost always find a spot to put, a, put a, uh, a forage pond. So in a very rare circumstance on some of those really high bank, um, uh, strip mine stuff, it can be challenging, but then we just put it up higher and we outlet it with a longer pipe. So when we're, you know, draining all those fish into the lake, it's just a longer outlet pipe. So uh, in terms of when and where, if you have a lake, um, we can almost always find a spot to put one of these. So uh, in terms of how you build it, like that, this is as simple as any project. I mean, the, the some of the trails are pretty easy to just mow, but we're talking, what do you think most of the, on the width I mean, they, of the levees, 100 foot? I mean, it's not much. Oh, some of them aren't even that. It's just... Uh, it's probably one of the, on the list of 10, maybe one of the most economical things you could do. Right. I mean, there's very little cost. Most expensive cost is probably your pipe. 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 And it's, it's a what, one day project. You can we even yeah, do one, some of them with one, the bobcat. Maybe two, yeah. One or two days at yep. most. So uh, in terms of how, very simple, get in there with a the bobcat or a small dozer, push some dirt up into a levee. Again, you're not overly concerned about like, if it leaks a little bit because it's going right into the lake, it's not a huge deal. It's only full half of the year. So in terms of construction, uh, a pretty simple process. Uh, you just want to make sure you get the right valve that's kind of low maintenance and you place it easy and oversize it a little bit so it doesn't get clogged when you're emptying those fish. But uh, the how is a pretty easy process. So uh, again, that should wrap it up for this one. But uh, what is next week's episode? I think we're in five. Is this episode five? Yes. So what's next week's? Uh, we have uh, prairie grass. Prairie grass. So prairie grass, kind of CRP plantings uh, is what we'll talk about next week. But uh, this will wrap it up for this one. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And we'll catch you next week.